Welcome to Help From Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to Help From Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm joined this week by Blake. Hey, Blake, how you doing? I'm doing well, Sydney. How are you today? Fantastic. Today, we are going to be talking about the Grim Reminders campaign now that it is over and what we're looking forward to at KFC because that's basically what's going on right now. We thought this would be more of a, a chill conversation, nothing really like in the works at the moment. All the excitement is still building for KFC. So so yeah, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited because I, I think there's a, a few things that kind of need to be decided upon moving in to the game found is over, KFC is around the corner. And um, I wanted to to talk about that with you today, Sydney. Absolutely. So one of the things that has been like constantly coming out is uh, to hype the GameFound campaign or all of the spoilers. So they just literally left and right, not only have all of the um, media outlets that I, I know have gotten some, but also like the the random like clips from YouTube videos or the the signed cards from the the Woe campaign. Like there are a ton of Grim Reminders spoiler cards out there right now. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm I'm super excited uh, to to dive through these because we need to decide what houses we're going to have in our in our custom deck because that is something that we have never had before. That level of decision making and control over what a deck will include. You've never been able to just be like, I want these three houses in it, right? So all these spoilers are very much um, a part of my my research process at the moment, so that I can figure out what looks like the fun combination. I know. I was thinking to myself, like, do I want to go for like the houses that have the the best spoiled cards or do I want to actually like do the research to see which ones actually synergize better or even like coming off of Winds of Exchange, we know that some houses are already pretty strong and those cards may have the possibility of showing up again in Grim Reminders. So there's so many things to consider when picking your houses. 100%. Yes, there there definitely is. Um, obviously, I think a good for for other people listening and trying to make this decision, uh, look at the comments. That's going to be where you're going to get the most, I would say, thoughts in line, your expectations. That's the word, expectations in line. Because if you're looking at the rares, yeah. and even the uncommons to an extent, you may not get to see those. But if you're looking at the comments, there's a very good chance that you'll see uh, a portion of those, if not most of them. Who knows? Absolutely. And also think about the the mechanics, I guess. And, and I guess this goes on with the synergy I was talking about, but the, the newer mechanics that have been showing up in these, in Grim Reminders is, is really exciting. But some of them, just like in, um, Mass Mutation, the fact that Sanctum didn't like mutants, like some of these actually kind of fight each other. So even the best houses might not go well together. It's true. Yeah. That's, that's a great point is the synergies. I mean, right off the top, I, I really feel that I'm, untamed i kind of knew was going to be one i was going for this time like i i just everything i've been seeing and and looking through these cards even more so now i really feel like untamed is where it's at for me as a as a for sure choice i don't know about you i absolutely love untamed like our our spoiler card in untamed aside like untamed is absolutely one of my favorites but it is actually one of the ones i feel may or may not 
be very synergistic. Like it's it's the one that I feel actually has the most anti-synergies right now with the haunted mm. mechanic because of the number of cards that put things back into your deck. So that can be helpful, obviously, when you're near the end of your, your discard pile and you might reshuffle soon. But the idea that you need to time so many of these cards to be able to get the most benefit out of them, or if you're in the middle of your deck, it really doesn't matter. You're getting good cards out of your discard pile to put back into your deck. But then you really have to decide, is this something I want to combine with a house that I am shoving things into my discard as fast as possible to stay haunted? Yeah, fair fair enough. Um, I, I see what you're saying there. And just want to talk about, here's a spoiler card, if uh, no one wants to know the name. But for example, like Till the Earth, which literally says each player shuffles their discard pile into their deck. I, I guess in set, it's going to be a very powerful card, I think. Mm-hmm. But potentially going in the wide world of Keyforge, it could be something that hurts you more so than than helps you potentially. Absolutely. And right right next to, to that one, um, there is one called it's a creature called Warfaline. Warfaline? Oh, it looks it looks like a uh uh morphed flumph, but it says <laughs> play play after fight, shuffle the top five cards of a discard pile into their owner's deck. So that is something that it sounds like you can use that on an opponent, but that's another thing where you you might have to use it on your opponent if that would make you unhaunted and you want to be haunted. It's very yeah, it's very interesting. I I think it's it's a lot of decisions, and obviously every house is going to provide those in different ways. So I think you're right about the synergy that it's it's who knows. I I feel like um, unfathomable is still coming up as one of the the stronger things to have for the disruption side of things. And just the way we saw it in Woe, I I think we're going to see that to a degree here in really interesting ways. I completely agree. Unfathomable wouldn't be one of my three choices, but that's, that's only because we, we only get to choose three. So I, I mean, I'm as much as I'm talking down on untamed, it's, it's probably going to be one of mine, but I have been so excited about the Mars that has been coming out. Like I'm just super hyped for all of the, like, I just, I've always loved Mars and the, the synergies amongst itself, but like even just looking at all of the cards that have been released with Mars, like the number of Amber pips that are in the descriptions, like capture Amber, like there's just so much capture gain. And, and, and I just, I don't know. I think that Mars has a lot of potential. No, I agree. I think, and it's got some great classics coming back from AOA. I mean, we're finally getting key cheats getting brought back. And so right? far, you see, like, there's three as opposed to, no, there's four that I can see right now. Like, never mind that we had two in the last set. I th- I honestly think the lack of key cheats really hurt Winds of Exchange. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. I think, I think key cheats would have made Winds of Exchange even more ridiculously overpowered. But I, I know that the fact that Key cheats make it so that the the kind of the contract of the game, the rules of the game are are being bent in a way where the the forge a key step doesn't matter if you have key cheats. Mm-hmm. So it's I like that they're coming back, but then I I'm glad that there are there are things you have to do to achieve them that seem a little bit more in line with the theme of the set than simply meet this criteria, forge the key. Yeah, agreed. 100%. And so I guess another thing that that's going to fall in with the decision making is the playmat choice. Because yes. I think for most of the ones you have to choose which playmat you want. And we're I think we're for the majority of players, we're at a point where 
playmat is not something that you <laughs> necessarily need. So now it's going to be a purely, I think, cosmetic choice for some reason. I mean, there's the obvious you could go for the Geistoid mat. So you have one of every house, which is kind of where I Ooh. fall into line, which was where I was a really where I was really leaning towards to start with. And then I realized I have one of the prime mats that has the Grim Reaper on it, which means I technically already have a Geistoid map and I, did, <laughs> Matt and I didn't even realize that. So I was like, oh yeah, I have one. So I don't know. It's it's really hard because there's some, like honestly, the art on these mats is ridiculously Amazing. nice. Like like I don't think a single, like I don't think a single one is not nice. Um, so but- I, have, I have a sore spot with these mats because when you pick a pledge level in the campaign, you have to like pick all the opportunities pick all of the categories of things that had options for you in the drop down and i had the premium pledge in my cart but before i could click pledge i had to pick the options and one of them was the mat and i was like oh i have literally no idea what any of these arts are i will go check them out real quick and then by the time i came back oh, no. picked the one i wanted that pledge l- level had already sold out so the even though like I still absolutely want the mat that I decided on. And that's the mat that I'm going to get for the pledge level I did back. I'm still like, the mats are like, no, it's like the mats are what are between me and having an image of me in Keyforge. Yeah, that is the source. And, and I assume you're going for butterflies for flu. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really feel like that was necessary. I'm, I, I might go for inroad from the sea Ooh. because it's just such a badass, unfathomable mat. It looks the, so the cool. One, yeah, the one I currently have is Raider. And I mean, the art on Raider is really cool. But because the card is such poopy dipes, I just, <laughs> it, it like really sours the whole thing. Like I, I don't even want it because of that. So um, totally. it's very unfortunate. But yeah, the, the Geistoid one though is really cool. Like it has a lot going on in the picture that is like, it's the most busy in the best way. Like you're getting a lot of video. Absolutely. And I think one of the things I like about mats, even though like all of us have too many mats always, that's just by default. I think the fact that these this art has to do with the cards that are coming out. If you have a deck, if you fall in love with a deck that has a really like big emphasis on one house, like having a mat that is part of that play experience that matches that house, it's like, it's another emphasis on the, the, awesomeness of the game like coming together i don't know i feel like if i playing a ganka deck and i'm putting down a mars mat i'm like i'm i'm coming for you oh totally yeah i i'm definitely um my, my debate right now is the equidon sandworm mat i think is really awesome visuals i i can't um, not think of dune whenever i see that yeah so another decision that we might have to make is with, with all of the add-ons available, most of them you can you can either get from the, the Game Center store or you can uh, get at a certain pledge level. But the one thing here where I just have to personally decide how many I want are the Menagerie decks because mm. we only get one as the stretch goal, but it's just like the Unchained, but cooler. And I don't know how the interest level is going to be, but I also don't know how cool the decks are going to be. So that's something where like, I might add a couple in the pledge manager. I may just stick with my one, but I, I also don't want them to be awesome used for something. Maybe my my local wants to get together and have a menagerie night. Like, I don't know. So I, I might have to add a couple of those. That's a good call. I mean, we're going to find out because we're going to be, and this is a perfect segue, is we're going to be in um, KFC where this is going to be one of the events there. So we're going to get to try this out. And 
I assume like we'll probably be able to add some things on. Like they usually say, I remember if, if they're going to do anything like the last one, they kept saying, okay, this is the last chance to add some things on and finalize before. Like I remember that happened a couple of times where you could right. modify a couple things before the the true end of it. So um, good point. I didn't even think yeah. about that. And at KFC, knowing that we're going to get more, that didn't even cross my mind. We are going to get some not only to play, but I don't know if they like might actually be available to purchase because I, I think Unchained were available to purchase at the first KFC, whether because it was part of the you you earned them by playing and losing. So that might be something where I don't actually have to like stock up on them in the in the pledge manager. I can I can get a couple at KFC and then if the pledge manager is still open when we get back, buy whatever I want or add whatever I want then. Yes, and and that's the route I'm going because I I did buy a display of Unchained and and I realized it didn't have as much value as I was hoping. And so now I just love it as something that I can bring to a local event for people who don't have them. And then we can all have the ability to have decks available to to play a fun event because it truly is a fun, casual event because some of them, like the, the greatest thing about Unchained decks is not how powerful they are, but actually how dumb they can be. Like, yes. this doesn't make sense. Like, why is this in here? Like, <laughs> I love that I have a Dark Amber Vault, but oh, I have one mutant. How amazing. Like, it's so funny how that exists. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I love the fact that like the literal, the Mavericks and the legacies, like opening them up and seeing which ones I have, that was always really cool to me. And I think that the, the, I'm excited to try and figure out which packets of things are together because like some of them are obvious, but like on the uh, interview that Michael Hurley did with the uh, NKF, po- the Nordic Keyforge podcast, they talk, he talked about that, like some of the packets of things you might not think of. So like, what are, what are GG mm-hmm. doing putting certain cards together? Yeah. hundred percent. That is a, uh, a very good point. So now that w- let's let's keep continue on this this KFC talk because we know what the menagerie is and it seems like it's going to be a big part of the weekend. So it, it seems there's a lot of menagerie events. There's lots of things going on. Right. Um, what are you most excited for as part of Keyforge celebration? So can I be like totally weird? Like my possibilities this weekend are I go to the LCQ. Last chance qualifier on Friday. If I make it, I play on in the uh, Worlds on Saturday. If I don't make it, I'm going to be streaming for TTR. So I honestly don't know which one I want to happen. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's actually also a good point. Speaking about the last chance qualifiers, um, I, I don't know if you have more clarification on this, but from my understanding, Sydney, is you don't necessarily get to choose which world championship event you're in, whether it's Archon or alliance. It depends on what's available in terms of spaces and how you finish. Is that correct? So from my understanding, you are completely correct. What happens is the top the top placer, the person who does the best, who hasn't already qualified, gets to pick of the open spots available. And so like if if the first person, like if there are spots in both Alliance and Archon available, that person gets to choose. But then once the um once the format fills up then the other format is going to be the only one that's available to the next ones who are offered it. So you're right. You don't get to choose. And I I highly, highly doubt the situation will arise where Alliance fills up. So I have to play Archon. But 
just in case I am bringing an Archon deck in case I do really well in the LCQ and get to play in Worlds, I'm going to bring an Archon viable deck because I, I don't want to have to turn that opportunity down. Yes, and and that's and that's the point that I wanted to to basically bring up here is if you are planning on taking that route and you are looking to get your way in, what that basically means is you need to bring a deck to play in either event. Don't come without one of each just so you're not caught in a position that maybe leaves you just not being able to do what you want or just scrambling and having to play one of right. your your LCQ decks. And okay, here's here's my my thoughts, all right? I I think that I, I don't know. I just have a feeling that we're going to get to play some grim reminders at KFC. And and I mentioned this to Sydney that my my shot in the dark theory is that the last chance qualifier is going to be sealed alliance grim reminders. That's what that, I'm like- calling right now. I was when you said that to me, I was like, oh my God, that is the coolest possible idea ever. That would be so much fun. I would love that so much. And that would actually give the people what they wanted out of the menagerie. Because before the menagerie was announced, like that's what people were saying that was gonna be. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And I, I think if that happened, that'd be amazing. And then like what if you're allowed to to play, like if you can play those decks, I don't know if that will be allowed, but can you imagine you're like, okay, I'm just gonna take one of my Grim Reminders decks, a brand new set I just opened and played in the world championships. Like Oh my god, I love that idea. That's a life goal, you know? That's a life goal for me right there. You you just made I don't need to bring an Archon deck. If I do well in the LCQ, I'm just gonna play one of those. Well, obviously we have no idea. This is all speculation. So it may not actually it it may be three Winds of Exchange decks, but I I don't know like I my magic land, basically. This is Magic Christmas Land, if we're going to talk about it that way. Oh, yeah. I love Magic Christmas <laughs> Land. But what okay, else so, are you... Go ahead. What else are you excited about? So the LCQ is going to happen, and then the World Championships for 2023 are going to happen. But then, at the same time, the tournament for the first play-in for a invite to Worlds 2024 is also going to be happening. And then they have... Oh, Yeah. Yeah. They, they have um, a keynote presentation where they're going to be talking about, well, hopefully a lot of things that we want to know as a community. Um, and then they have an award ceremony Organized at the play. end. <laughs> <laughs> and like they have literally so much going on. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I totally forgot about the plan for next year. And I, and I like that it's kind of that the top players of this current year are not basically able to play in that essentially. Like that's kind of an interesting thing if you think about it. Like right. they're all going to be playing in the main event and you can play in this future one. Right. So, so I, I really like that aspect. I I think it's really great because they they not only are giving people something to do with stakes, but it's also as cool as the menagerie event is going to be, like they they aren't really legal decks. So they're giving something for the non-worlds people to do with stakes, with legal deck events. So like, I I really, really like that that's going on. But the funny thing for me is one of the reasons that I would be super hyped to be streaming for TTR instead of playing in that specific event is I kind of need the like, the, the inspiration, I need the fire burning in me to earn the invite to go to things. So like, if I were to, let's say, do well in the 2024 Worlds Invite event, 
and get an invite, what's going to make me last minute decide to go to Canada because it's my absolute last chance to earn an invite to the event that I want to go to? Like, I, I honestly think walking away from this event with a world's invite to 2024 is going to be an insane honor, but not for me, you know? Mm, yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. Uh, that is, oh, that is such a, a hard, a hard decision now. So I, I'm also like, I think there's so many fun things happening that I don't know if I'm going to participate in this personally. Sure. I think I'd much rather be in the fun events and really get to enjoy that social aspect because as much as when you're playing in any sort of competitive setting, there there is a level of conversation that isn't the same when you're playing in like Second Ember events. Second Ember yes. events, you get to have a really great social interaction and interact with people in the community. And that was one of my favorite parts about Vegas was I just got to like afterwards, it was less serious. Uh, you weren't as sweaty and <laughs> you could just enjoy a relaxed Keyforge environment. And it was something like Menagerie, which I'm, I, I kind of want to embrace fully here because uh, it will really make or break whether I like it. And the chances of getting to play it in a different capacity, I don't think is going to be the same as at a celebratory event such as this. Like sure. I, I, I'm pretty sure everyone who was at KFC last year um, had a great time playing Unchained. Have they yes. really considered playing it since though? Not really. No. Like I didn't even, <laughs> even when we were at Vegas, I didn't see it really taking off that much. Like I don't think there was any, if or maybe just a, a one or two pods that fired for Unchained. It's it's a really great initial launch thing to embrace and have fun with and just take it up with the community and discover all these wacky things. And when it becomes more known, it, it kind of, I think, loses just a bit of the luster um, once you've got that experience. So I want to fully embrace that experience. That's going to be my main thing is getting to socialize and play some menagerie in a really fun, casual, chill setting. So my question for you is, are you at all remotely interested in the Meet the Ghosts event after closing ceremonies, the awards ceremony. They have an event that is a basically question and answer session for the the employees at Ghost Galaxy. Ooh. Honestly, Sydney, that's that's gonna all come down to timing and when my flight leaves and I have to be at the airport. That, sure. That's the truth of that one. If if totally yes, I think I think that is gonna be I, I, I honestly think that's gonna be an intense thing. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, but I think it could be really intense. <laughs> I actually, I don't know if enough people are going to 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 stay for it to like actually end up making it kind of fiery because I guess a lot of people who are or international people may be like flying out on Monday. There may be questions that are more logistics, but like there are a handful of things that like. Not that I have any problem walking up to to Jeremy and asking him about like how's his current video favorite video game going. Like I know the, like the chill hangout stuff is totally not like pressure filled, but like that's where they are going to be prepared to answer the hard hitters. No, yeah, you're 100 percent correct. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's a good point. Like you're definitely um, you're definitely uh, bringing up something that's that's going to be you got to answer it on the spot or choose not to and. It's, I wonder how that's going to go, especially after, you know what, here's my, here's my little asterisk to this is like after a weekend, such as what this is going to be. Right. And the truth is, this is going to be just concentrated Keyforge fun minute after minute. That's Absolutely. the truth of what this weekend's going to be. And I think going to Keyforge celebration slash worlds is just going to be something that you're going to really love and enjoy because it's going to be a Voltour on steroids pretty much. <laughs> 
So I think everyone's going to feel really good after this. I'm I'm excited for international Keyforge players to be there, different content creators to get to meet. Yes, I, I think that's going to be a really great part of this. So I'm I'm excited about that part. Like the social part of this is is what I'm the most excited for, and then getting to have something like menagerie as a conduit of where I get to have social interactions and enjoy Keyforge at the same time. I'm just I'm just going to keep saying this over and over again. So hopefully people are catching on. Come play Keyforge with me and talk to me there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like I am super looking forward to hanging out with people and just making it the social event that it can be because more people that play Keyforge are going to be in the same place than have probably been in the same place most of this year, like, I don't know, we we might have um, competition with the uh, turnout for the Italian vault tour, but the actual event itself is going to be bringing in people from all over the world. And there really hasn't been a single event so far since Ghost Galaxy's picked up the game that has done that. And so I am, in fact, going to meet people for the first time in person. Like, and that has always been a draw for me. Like the first KFC was that for me. Like meeting people in person for the first time is always the most exciting. The adrenaline's going to be high and the, the dopamine is going to be hitting. It'll be a fantastic time. Yeah. I mean, I have two people on my list that I, I need to meet and I know they will both be there. And that is uh, Sky Jedi, because him and I have talked for like years, even before he was a part of Ghost Galaxy. And it was so great getting to have an interview with him last week. And it's just, I, I'm excited to finally get to meet him in person, because I've talked so much Keyforge with him over the years. And then secondly is, of course, Jupiter, um, who I was supposed to go to the original worlds with him as part of his team before it got canceled. And him and I have talked extensively throughout my Keyforge career. And I just know he is a ball of positive energy. Like, he's like the male version of you, Sydney. I feel like <laughs> someone in real life, just like so happy and excited about Keyforge. So I'm excited to meet him and give him a hug because yeah, he that has been a long time coming. Those are my two I need to cross off my list of people that I've known for a long time and haven't met in person. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the uh, the last things I want to mention about the, they have an article on keyforging.com that actually like, spells out everything happening at Keyforge Celebration. So if you want to check that out, if you want to purchase tickets or get any more logistical details, go ahead and check that out. But one of the last things on their list here is that they have a goodie bag. And most of the the vague comments they have under here are are kind of easy to parse out. Like they each participant will perhaps have a chance to enjoy some grim surprises, a trip to the menagerie, and some other colorful things. So I'm assuming grim surprises Maybe Grim Reminders, Trip to the Menagerie, now we know what that is. But other colorful things? I want to know what other colorful things are. <laughs> yeah, that is, I feel like they wrote that almost just for you, Sydney, because that is a <laughs> phrase that I, I think is directly speaks to you in the most significant way. Like, is it going to be pins? Is it going to be other decks? Like, Floomph is actually not colorful. So, like, this is the one thing where, like, Floomph is black. So, I, I don't know if, like, that's that can't be what they're talking about. So, I'm just, I'm I'm excited for all the goodies that they plan on giving us. Yeah, I same. And it's, it's a big event. So, it's probably going to be quite significant, I would imagine. Oh, my gosh. So, for all of you listening, we are so excited that we're going to hopefully see some of you next week and and our next episode will be recorded at kfc so you'll hear our experience and and our live takes basically like you did from vegas and um any any last thoughts on kfc or the game found oh my goodness just excitement i i don't want even i can't it's this is too much sydney like 
is too much. <laughs> awesome. Well, we cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the titular segment. Help, Help from, future, from self. future Self. And Blake, you have one for us this week. Yes, I have been trying to suss out a potential next alliance deck. And with it, I've been first starting with playing actually Archon decks. And it's been a fun way. I'm, I'm not going to speak on what set or anything like that. Uh, but I've I've just been trying out other decks. And it's interesting when you play a deck for the first time, you start discovering things that happen and the parts you like. And I know, of course, Alliance doesn't necessarily have this part of it. But getting to play an Archon deck, I think, is a really fun way of discovering your Alliance deck rather than just looking at a pod is play the deck and see how the house feels by itself and what can it do on its own what is the merit it brings and then you can maybe see how it interacts with the other houses within your deck and then it can help maybe brainstorm oh if this was this that would be really good to figure out the next piece of the puzzle so i've just been really enjoying instead of just looking at pods and trying to put something together actually playing a deck to suss out the components that could be useful in something else. Because there's obviously going to be one thing that interests you, but getting to see it in action within its own original form, I think is really powerful. And it can be a fun way, maybe if you're not completely interested in Alliance, but are curious about uh, exploring it in some capacity, going through an Archon deck that that you think could be interesting and, and playing it on its own first, just to see the merit of the deck itself and the what the house brings, and then what's kind of lacking with it, or especially if it's going to be like a pillar of what you want to build it around, I think is a really good avenue. I love that. And and that actually, that's that's kind of inspiring for me because I have a couple, a couple of Woe decks recently that I've opened and that have had some actually some pretty cool legacies and mavericks and just the deck itself kind of falls flat but playing the deck makes me feel like that pot is just so so fun and has so much potential but I don't know why I haven't even thought of how can I build an alliance around it to accentuate the pod because like one of them is a legacy sanctum card master of the gray which is a a creature four power Mm. one armor your opponent cannot resolve bonus icons on cards they play and that like in whoa is such an insane amazing uh, card but like in the deck itself it kind of falls a little bit flat there's nothing to protect it it's really like it just gets wiped off the board immediately but now that you say that, like I, my my next alliance is totally having that that pot in it. Mm-hmm. Yep, do it. Love it. All right, so we are on Discord and Patreon. The links are in the show notes. You can find me on Discord and TCO as SC Steel Blake. Where can people find you, and what do you have going on? Oh, I'm trying to do more content. Fail at that sometimes. I'm I'm really actually going to be, I think, in the next little bit, focusing on more short form content. So that's doing shorts. Uh, like posts with polls and things like that, getting more community involvement in the content I'm creating on YouTube. And it'll probably just be one video, like long form video a week with that. I've actually brought back Crucible and Coffee um, for those of you who remember that classic segment where I'm actually just playing some Keyforge and talking through my decision making and and things of that. Um, that's a big shout out actually to Chase Embermedes. He said he really enjoyed my streams and, and when I played games and talked. So... That made me want to go back to that because I've been doing a lot of opening and stuff like that. But um, there's only so many decks you can open and, and talk about it. So I, I started decided to start playing decks and having videos on that. And it's actually been a lot of fun. And I, I would love to start streaming again. It's just I don't think I can have a consistent time to put like three hours into a stream and show it. But who knows? Maybe that'll come soon. 
Awesome. Well, good luck, and I can't wait to see those. But we will be back next week with another episode of Help from Future Self. Until then, stay forged.